0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On the show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty, we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want you to reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy these products from every each way, often from good, well-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you wonder, why am I not where I want to be in business, as our business partner and mentor Dan Nicholson says, the big, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend, business partner here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, uh, not only a successful real estate investor but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star review. That way, we can help more people get wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show is the formula to rig the real estate game. Before we do that, six-word update. What you got, Paul? Six-word
1: update today. Knowing your biases is step one. We've been talking a lot about, and we'll talk about this today, about how um, I think most of us agree that as humans, we're not perfect. We're we're not perfect. Um, But for whatever reason, as we make business decisions or we build our businesses out, I think we like to assume that we're, we're always going to make good decisions. And yeah, I make great decisions. I think all of us would say that, but the thing is, is if you actually look back, you'll realize that your biases affect a lot of your decision-making because we're human, because we're not, uh, we're not perfect. We've got to account for that stuff Mm -hmm. in the equation. And so, yeah, I'm eager to talk about that today and really getting clarity
0: on those things is, is step one in my mind. Yep. Uh, my six-word update, chasing more for 18 years. So we had our Whale Club event this past Friday, right? We had 50 people there. It was kind of crazy to see how big the, the Whale Club has grown. Um, and so I did my presentation on how I violated closer over more over and over and over again. And it looks like the very first time I did it was actually 2005. So I thought I started around 2006. Turns out, I actually bought my first property in 05. Probably should have known that beforehand. But in preparing the presentation to do the rearview mirror look that Nick uh, Peterson recommends, and look at all the times you've violated these principles, well, the first time I did in business was 2005. It's so, yeah. been uh, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a habit. It's really deeply ingrained. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so what's the problem? Why? Why do we need a formula for rigging the real estate game?
1: Well, I think we're just fed a narrative. Um, And, and, you know, it's easy to sell things. It's easy to sell strategies, right? The get-rich-quick scheme. You see something online. You see some, uh, you know, YouTube video or you listen to a podcast. And you hear some strategy out there that's working for someone. And we say to ourselves, hey, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Not suggesting that's wrong. What I am saying is I think that we've got the order the wrong way. Uh, we're getting our information from other people who are likely playing their game. Mm-hmm. they they were successful because they figured out the secret formula, right? The mm-hmm. secret formula is to align your business with your unique strengths. you know uh, there's really only one like uh, one person like you in all of existence, right. Only you can do certain things. And I think what gets a lot of people and what got me and I know it got you is listening to other people, watching what they're doing, trying to emulate their success as opposed to getting clarity on your unique strengths, your unique preferences and building a business and a life around that. That is what we're going to talk about today and how you can rig the game.
0: You know, um, threads came out, right? Uh, Zuckerberg made threads. Uh, a couple months back. It was crazy, right? Everyone was loving it, blah, 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 whatever. Um, And Elon posted, tweeted about it on X. And one of the responses that I loved on it was the guy's like, oh, it looks like Zuckerberg uses keyboard. And it was a keyboard with three keys on it. Control, C (laughs) V. Right? And I laugh at it because that's how I've built my business is I'll, Take a little bit from over here, take a little bit over there, take this tool, take this strategy, take this tactic, and apply it to my business, right? So I'm going to use this strategy, use that tactic, and bring it and and, and add it to my business. And so when we're saying, like, don't just go out there and strategize and just add it in, it's hard because that's how I built everything I've built so far. Mm Mm-hmm
1: well here's the problem is you don't always know the trade offs right to these decisions you know you don't necessarily understand the trade offs because most of us are wired towards more mm-hmm. most of us are wired towards hey i heard this strategy and if i did this i could make more money yeah or i could do x or y or whatever it may be and um we don't really understand all the trade-offs because we've never done it. And, of course, most of the people that we see are giving the rose-colored you know, colored glasses version of what it's
0: like right. to have that business or to run that investment or whatever. And um, You don't know which iteration it is. You don't know how long they've been working on it. You don't know all the times they've screwed up, how much they've lost to figure it out. None exactly. Of that becomes part of the calculation.
1: Right. So we're just so heavily biased towards um, we hear something. And we're looking at it through these rose-colored glasses, and we say, "Man, I could do that." And again, we talk about a framework in Whale Club called uh, we we say it's valid versus useful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of valid ways to make money in real estate, and that's what we get enamored with as we see these all these valid ways, and um, really the question that I learned to start asking as opposed of can I make money doing something Mm -hmm. right it's like well if you want to make sure you're engineering a situation where you're building a, a business around your strengths your preferences what you like what you don't like that in my mind is the best way to ensure that you're going to have the discipline and the grit to make it through the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, everything's hard and all these strategies work. The real question is, well, how do we get clarity on the right business to build the right goal? As Dr. Jeff was talking with us this last week. Mm -hmm. And so that um, we're it's, you know, another way we say this is it's better to be heading in the right direction than it is to go fast. You know, a lot of us are so focused on scale and We want to get there, Mm -hmm. but we don't take the time to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. We see a wholesaling video and then we are like, I'm going to be a wholesaler. Or we see somebody doing multifamily and we're like, I want to be a multifamily Mm -hmm. investor. Um, So we'll talk about our process today to rig the game in real estate. And it's a very simple, straightforward process. A lot of you who are listening to this, you're going to say, yeah, well, that makes total sense. My question to you is, does your behavior actually align with this? Because knowing that this makes sense and actually doing it, those are two very different things. And again, you and I are just the perfect examples of where, yeah, we tell ourselves one thing, but really we're doing another. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So over, you know, let's, let's zoom out and let's talk about the, I'll give you like from start to finish is here's how we think about how to rig the game in real estate. We call it the three C's and we've been using this for, you know, ever since we've had whale club, because it's, again, it's the zoomed out version and this is how we structure how we think about rigging the game. So it starts with clarity, clarity on what we want, clarity on our preferences, clarity on our strengths, our weaknesses, our biases, all that sort of stuff. We'll break that down here in just a second. The second C is certainty. So do you have the right tools in your toolbox to navigate the terrain? Right. What is your process for decision making? How do you decide should I do this? Should I do that? Am I on track to fund my goals or am I behind? That's what certainty is all about. Right. Is making mm-hmm. sure you know where you are relative to where you're trying to go. And we have the right tools to navigate the terrain, not a perfect step by step plan. And here's exactly what we're going to do, because we know that reality gets in the way. Right. Random things happen and then we have to adjust. This is life. So the certainty operating system is how to navigate life's decisions, business's decisions, so that you're getting closer to the things that you want consistently. The last C is what we call collapse time. So again, ideally, as we we have clarity on where we are and where we're going, that's, that's, uh, that's the first C, clarity. Then we get certainty that we have the right tools and path to get there. Collapse time is all about looking for ways to decrease risk, Decrease the amount of effort, increase the amount of options, and hopefully get there faster mm-hmm. right? with less risk and less effort. And we have some ways we'll talk about that today. So for, like I said, from a zoomed out perspective, and you, when you're thinking about how to rig the game, first of all, if you haven't already, go pick up the book, Rigging the Game. This is where this all comes from. Right? You yep. guys have always all, uh, probably heard us talk about this. Our business partner is Dan Nicholson. And, you know, we took the concepts from this book, Steve and I, and working with him and um, almost a hundred real estate investors for the last year and a half. And we've been learning how to do this in real estate. And that's the pattern that we continue to come back to is the three C's clarity, certainty,
0: collapse time. Yep. So how, how are we, how are we applying clarity? All right. So
1: again, uh, I'm just going to give a kind of an overview today and we can, okay. we can drill in a little bit to these different things and sure. pull back out again, you and I know this cause we've been through the entire thing. And in fact, if you're listening to this, um, this is a basically an overview of what we do in whale club,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So I'm going to give you in probably 15 minutes, what we do in 10, ten weeks inside of the whale club. Mm-hmm. The first series is what we call clarity. It's a clarity series. Mm-hmm. And so there's really some important frameworks, and let's talk about those. One of the big ones is CASE. And why don't you tell us what CASE is?
0: Yeah, so a CASE is before you make a decision, you have to collect the data, analyze the data, strategize with the data, and execute your strategy. Typically, while something that seems like a really good idea, and it will execute it. I kind of make the joke, right? Like, if you were to color in the four letters, C-A-S-E, you'll get, like, 10% of S and, like, 50% of E. That's about how much strategizing you, I don't even do the full strategizing. I do, like, 10% of strategizing. And I execute, but I don't even finish it. Um, and so the reason why this is so important is that the collect is, for all intents and purposes, what's there to prevent us from... Jumping off the cliff to execute this new strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got in trouble a few weeks ago, continued to this Monday, but a few weeks ago, for executing without strategizing with the team, without collecting data. Like this seems like a good idea. Let's go do this, right? And this is where we had a signing bonus, right? Hey, if you're uh, if you join our sales team, you'll get a 50k signing bonus, subject to performance, mm-hmm. right? But like, Steve, where are you going get $50,000 from? I was like, from their performance. <laughs> right. Heard a strategy, executed it. The team did not care for the fact that we didn't collect, analyze, or strategize around it. Understandably yeah. so, in hindsight.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this feeds into another one of the things that we'll talk about under Clarity is what we call our biases. You know, as humans, again, we talked about this at the beginning. We are biased and flawed, right? And we have a tendency to do things that we don't even realize are detrimental to us or the team but we think it's such a great idea and that's because we're not perfect and so you know you just you talk about when we talk about this all the time on this show and offline and is one of the uh, ways to violate all this is to violate the case framework Mm -hmm. it's to hear some strategy and you just go execute on it so part of what clarity is all about is slowing down to collect the information Let's not jump to maybe I should be a wholesaler or maybe I should do, you know, multifamily or maybe I should, you know, go into some other area of business. It's like, let's collect some information first. So one of the big frameworks we talk about in terms of um, understanding what's really important to us is a framework we call a
0: timer. And why don't you tell us what a timer is all about? Yeah. So, I mean, these are the currencies. We all have this belief, most of us, that the only currency Uh, is dollars, right? Because we all trade dollars, money. Uh, But there's attention, which I argue probably is the most, at least for me right now, the most valuable currency. Time, impact, influence, uh, money, energy. We're kind of lumping health in there with energy at the moment. And then relationships and reputation, right? So that's a timer. Yeah, and I think
1: we spend a lot of time on that because it's again, it's not all about money. You know, we use the example of well, what if I told you that by the time you were forty years old or fifty years old, you'd have hundred million dollars, um, but you get there and you're out of shape, and you have a drinking problem, and your wife's divorcing you, and your kids never want to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you got that hundred million dollars, so you know most of us would say no, I'm not willing to make that trade. And that's what we mean is we've got to consider all the trade-offs here. Mm -hmm. There's certain decisions that we might make that we say, well, at the time, it seems like I could make more money. But yeah, but if it's going to take you away from other currencies that are also very valuable to you, like your attention and your time to be able to spend with family and things like this, well, then does it actually get you closer or are you just chasing more?
0: And I'll even just kind of make the argument just real quick is – Sometimes we feel like we're trading all these other currencies for more money. What also happens sometimes, we see this a lot with entrepreneurs, especially quick starts like myself and you, um, is we'll chase another opportunity to make more money and then completely neglect that other thing that actually is making us money. So we're trading right. more money for less money at times as well. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just because we run a, we, we, a lot of us end up running a race against ourselves. Yeah. Um, and. That's what we mean. It's like, let's, let's make sure we get the full picture of what's going on here because it's not just about money. It's not just about time. There's these other currencies we have to consider. Um, so again, I'll go through this and I'll just, if you're listening, really high level, you can write out a timer and you can go through and you can start thinking through what are your most valuable currencies? Um, where is your biggest lever but we also found is that money usually is a byproduct of one of the other currencies. So, for example, uh, I know that relationships are usually the fastest path to money for me. I make more money as the quality of my relationships continues to improve. So it's a massive lever for me. I can optimize for, the, for my relationships, and it just so happens that I make more money. Right. Right. So... When we got, and when we talk about clarity, we talked about case, we talked about A-timer. Let's talk about two more things, um, one of them being biases. Again, if we if we don't know the assumptions of the system, and the system is our decision-making, if we don't understand the things that um, affect that, if we are always assuming that we're making great decisions at our best, we're at, our, you know, we're at 100%, um, I can tell you that you're probably running a race against yourself, right? So knowing that you have a tendency to violate case, mm-hmm. or we talked about FOMO being a bias, you know, as humans, a lot of us, you know, we want to be part of the pack, right? This is part of our inherent hardwiring: is we want to, we don't want to get left behind. Yeah. We compare ourselves to others. We fear that we're not far you know, enough along yet. And so oftentimes we end up making decisions off of these biases where, that's really not reality. It's just our perception of reality. And so if we wanna make decisions based on the actual terrain, I think we've got to call attention to the things that are affecting our decision making and we call those biases.
0: Yeah. And definitely this is <laughs> I like to always think I make pretty good decisions, I like to think I'm pretty intelligent, got the experience, read the books. I got I like to believe again, right? The knowledge, the intelligence, the experience. I like to think that with those three things in place. I should only make good decisions. Right. And like I said, just a few weeks ago, I got chewed out by my team. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, we have these things that we're, we're hardwired, whether through nature or nurture, this is the way we are. And we need a framework to to prevent ourselves uh, from making some of these uh, mistakes that can be costly at times. And um, Dan Nicholson says it, right? Like, if you go back in your in your business just the last few years and you just turn... Those negative months to zeros, or maybe those goose eggs to your average month. Like, what does, like, how much more profitable, how much less stress would you have in your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, this is all about, um, yeah, you know, turning the negatives into the zeros, turning the biases into, you know, you want to be able to say, Hey, I'm rec, I can recognize that I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. You're not going to prevent it from happening. It's biology, right? You're, you're going to, you're going to react, you know, it's the same impulse as we talk about that fear impulse that allows you to turn away from a car as you're going through an intersection that's about to T-bone you and you're, you know, avoid getting killed, right? Like that instinct is there to protect us, but it also doesn't always serve us in business. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, Dr. Jeff calls it human mindset versus champion's mind. We have a whole kind of process to help people really understand your biases. But, you know, you can go on. There's a there's a lady named Lori Santos who um, is out of Yale and she talks all about cognitive biases. So, again, another thing that if you if you're listening to this and you want to take some action, you can go learn more about that stuff. And really, it's like understanding yourself at a deeper level, understanding the way you make decisions and what influences those things. Is, is very important in the clarity phase.
0: Yeah, And before you move on, you know, um, one of the things that uh, Nick Peterson spoke up about at the event, is I'm going to paraphrase here, was do less stupid stuff, right? We're not saying we're going to prevent you from making mistakes. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying if you're aware of your biases, you'll make fewer mistakes. And, right. you know, we've talked about this with Keith Cunningham, right? If you look back at your career and you could undo your three worst decisions, where would you be today? And I can say without a doubt where I would be, right? And so all we're suggesting is just do fewer dumb things. If, you, if you're aware of your biases, you'll do fewer dumb things.
1: Yeah, well said.
0: Yeah, Nick talked all about that over the weekend, and <laughs> it's so, so
1: funny. More colorful language than what you just said there, but, Um <laughs> So the last major, I wouldn't say the last, but one of the the final major components of the clarity section, the clarity, um, part of this process is the solvable problem. Mm -hmm. And I will enter, I will just, I'll give a case in point for where I literally violated this recently. Um, you know, and Dan asked me a very direct question about one of my businesses and he said, well, how much money do you want to make in that business? And it may sound obvious, but. My first reaction when he asked me that was, well, I don't know, as much as I can, right? I want to make as much as I can in that business. And here's the problem is that's a problem that's now undefined. How do you optimize for as much as you can, right? You're maxing everything out in order to get to as much as possible and that." just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, man, you've been doing this for two years and you still are violating this stuff. Yes, I am mm-hmm. because I'm human. And that's what we talked about with bias right there is you're going to make this mistake. But part of what we're learning is to give a definition doesn't mean like, let's say your solvable problem is you want to have a million dollar company. doesn't mean that once you get to a million, you couldn't go bigger or you couldn't you know, go smaller. But the point is like, if we don't have something to optimize for, how do we know we're getting closer? Otherwise, you're just chasing more and more and more. So part of what I think of as the solvable problem is slowing down to either define in your business, what is the floor that we're trying to get to, right? What is that um, comfort number for you? Or, your, or as, as Kiyosaki would say, the freedom number. Again, we call the solvable problem. How much money do you need to live the life you want to live on your terms and on, on your timeline without compromise. Is that 10 grand a month? Is that 50 grand a month? Is that a hundred million thousand grand a month? Whatever. Make up a number. The number's not important, mm-hmm. but if we don't have clarity and definition on what that is, oftentimes we end up just chasing things. Yeah. And so that's, that's a huge part of the clarity process.
0: Yeah. And I think just to take a step back, right, Whereas, like, what, what is the number for your business? But before we ask the question for the number for your business, You have to know what the number is for yourself, right? So we have to start with what you need for yourself. And the thing is, for me, my number was surprisingly low, right? If the number I want to make for myself or need for myself is surprisingly low, but my aspirations are on the opposite end. My aspirations is like a million net a year. But what do I need? Like 15K a month. Now, my aspirations are higher than that as well. But what do I need? What I must have? 15k a month gets you really far, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out what you need for your personal life. And then now you can build a business that supports your personal uh, business solvable problem that supports your personal solvable problem. And like you said, like you've been working at this for two years now with Nick and Dan. I've been working with you now close to a year and a half. And it's funny, like, we've talked about this over and over again, and it wasn't until Six weeks ago, it's like, oh, wait, what is my solvable problem for my wholesale business? How do I build a reliable wholesale business versus a more wholesale business? Yeah.
1: It's just problems left undefined, right? And if you can't, def- most people won't take the dime, time to define success because in doing so, they also define failure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? We don't wanna define success necessarily. Because we if we do, then now we know what failure means, which also we don't want to be a failure. So, right. you know, it's a little, it's a little not necessarily overstated, but like it's really important to define success. What is it that we actually want? Mm-hmm. What do we need to get there? If you don't have clarity on that, we can't build a we can't optimize for it. We can't build a system to get us there. And that brings us into certainty. Right. So assuming you have taken the time to define your personal solvable problem. Again, we all think that, most of us think, I think on this show that business is a tool, investing is a tool to help us live the life that we want, to get more of the currencies that we value. Again, whether that's impact or legacy or time or attention or energy, whatever it may be, relationships. Um, So once we know what we want, again, that's a tall task. I just covered that in about 12 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? So, or whatever. Um, point is we have, we, we, we pull this apart over the course of 10 weeks, right? So this is no small task, but if you want to start making some progress towards it, you can take case, you can take a timer, you can take the biases, the solvable problem and start working on those things yourself. So we know where we are. We know where we want to go. Now we're stepping into certainty and we need a toolbox to be able to navigate the terrain, as I like to say, because uh we we can never really lay a perfect plan you know i think when we start off we start by saying hey here's my plan here's what i'm going to go do then you get going and you realize that well life happens and so how do we navigate those uncertainties in life and 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 make good decisions and this is what we call the certainty operating system so the first thing that we want to do is we want to orient ourselves okay as we're getting closer to our solvable problem, we've clearly defined what that means. We want to get there, as we, we say, with this orientation. And, and that orientation is the least amount of risk. I don't want to take more risk than I need. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put in any more effort than I need, right? This idea of passive income. Again, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. I think of it as like more or less active, but generally I want to, I want to work less, you know I don't want to work more than I need or harder than I need to get where I'm going. And then I want to design a system where I've got a lot of options that work. you know I, I know where I want to get to, but I I haven't defined exactly what that looks like. I'm open to the options that present itself. you know it's like saying hey, I want twenty thousand dollars a month. That's a lot more open than saying I want, four airbnb's each of them has to cash flow $5000 they need to be here and they need to do something like this right point is is what if i showed you another way mm-hmm. to make $20000 a month with less risk less effort well that's what we mean we want to we want to kind of design this so we're not like defining exactly how it needs to happen we're open to what again i like to say the universe right what the mm-hmm. universe gives us and we have the right tools to to pick, to make good decisions as we're creating all this optionality.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Dr. Jeff, right? He talks about receiving. Yeah. That you're able to receive. Um, And, uh, you know, I kinda, I wrote a post, right? Summarizing this past weekend's event. And I said, you know, like, what is the Wheel Club? It's a community where people are building reliable, fulfilling businesses while also creating space to receive big paydays. Right? And that's what we're talking about like you can't, if you're not if you're, if you're too well defined as to how exactly you can get there, then you're not going to be able to see, you're not going to be aware you're not going to have the time and energy to actually analyze other opportunities that can pass you by. you know I saw someone make a quote about how um, people that have the most success are just in the right place at the right time. was like, well, yeah, they're in the right place at the right time but they're also ready for that because if you're not ready for it, you don't see it.
1: So well said, man. And we can't read the future, you know, like our plans are just our best estimations of what's going to come in the future. But again, part of what we mean when we say engineering luck is creating a scenario where um, instead of defining exactly how it needs to happen, because the probability now goes down. Right? If you're open to all the possibilities that can get you there, now you're, the probability of getting what you want goes way up if you don't define exactly how it needs to look. So that's that's the big like we call this open loops, you know? And that's been the hardest thing I've observed for most people to learn how to do is to place themselves in a position where it's like, I don't know, it depends. What are you going to do next? I don't know. It depends on what happens next, Mm -hmm. right? And we're going to make a decision. Once we have more information, most people that terrifies them because they just, they want to know what's the 10 step plan so I can go become a millionaire and retire early. Just tell me the steps so I can go do it. But Mm -hmm. that's a definition to build a very average. It's not a def, it's not a way to rig the game for yourself, right? right? Part of the way people that, consistently win is they carry a toolbox and it's you it's designed for their unique preferences and mm-hmm. And let me give you an example um i was building a business that i ended up resenting i didn't like it and i at the time it felt like i was sort of lying to myself this was a wholesaling business where i was managing a lot of people managing all these systems and processes and like it burned me out because it wasn't me playing my game. And so when I talk about the unique toolbox, um, we just covered uh, something in this last week called the commissioner frame. This is an example of a tool inside the certainty operating system. So you guys can get like a, a tangible example, right? So we talk about the commissioner frame. And again, it says, if you're the commissioner of your life, of the game that you're playing and the league that you're playing in, and you really are, you get to define the rules. Well, let's not just make up the rules as we go. Let's define the rules ahead of time so we can filter out decisions. And so again, one of the, one of the rules that I have for myself is I will never run a business where I have to manage more than four people ever because that's a preference of mine. It's not right or wrong. It just is, right? So what does that mean? It means as stuff comes up as, hey, Paul, would you want to start this business? Should we do wholesaling? I don't know. Do I have to manage more than four people? Is there ever a chance where that would happen? Because I can filter a lot of stuff out just by having these rules. And so if you haven't built your own toolbox, I highly suggest you do it because you're going to be able to now filter decisions through this set of rules and principles that you have for your own unique situation.
0: Yeah, and just going and take a step back here. We're talking about, you know, the plan. The more rigid the plan, the less likely it is to fail. Or the, the, the more likely it is to fail. The more rigid the plan, the more likely it's gonna fail, the less likely you'll succeed. So imagine a football game. You couldn't plan quarter by quarter. All right, Paul, after the first quarter, we're gonna be up 14-7. We're gonna run this play, this play, this play, this play. You can't plan a football game this way. And you look at the Jets. Right. Four plays into the season, their quarterback is gone for the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the more things I have to go right. The less likely you'll achieve that plan. Yeah, it's exactly right. And um,
1: another component, I'm covering this at a very high level, guys. There's like. 20 plus tools that we go over inside of the certainty series and so i'm just hitting it at a really high level so you can get an understanding of our process and how we think about rigging the game but one of the other things that we like to talk about is this idea of micro stepping and we got on a nice uh, conversation this week about how i don't think so people hear this take massive action massive imperfect action and we we really got into that this week and i think what we, what we sort of decided is, first of all, um, it's not all or nothing, meaning that is, that is true sometimes. Take massive action. There's certain times in your career, once you have a certain amount of information, it does make sense to take massive, imperfect action. So it's not right or wrong, first of all, but I think the people who use that phrase – like to make it sound like it is right all the time we're not a huge fan of that uh except for in certain situations we like to bias what we call micro stepping it's this idea of what dr jeff calls a soft offense it's sort of like when you don't when the path is unclear and we don't know exactly what to do taking massive action is a good way to sometimes you're right Sometimes you're wrong and you take massive action in the wrong direction and you have to back up. So what we'd rather do is, what's the smallest step that I can take to go forward that can give me information to justify taking the next step? And that was a big shift for both you and I, wasn't it, Steve? I was like, well, it is. We we subscribe to this going all in, taking massive action, even when you don't know the best path forward. But well, what we've now learned how to do is to slow down, break the problem down, mm-hmm. and let's go take the first step. That's the smallest step that's going to give us information.
0: Yeah, I think the, and if you listen to the beginning real estate disruptors, right, I say information on the show alone is not to make you, help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. You just take consistent action. I never say massive action because massive action is exhausting. Massive action turns to a lot of burnout and it turns to pissing your people off right? Especially when you have to recapture resources. Um, massive action is what I did when I went to Albuquerque and bought TV. When I went to Oklahoma City and bought TV, that's massive action. And there were a lot of wasted, wasted <laughs> resources doing that. So yeah, I think uh, uh, good to great to talk about fire bullets, then cannonballs, right? All we're saying is make sure you go in the right direction. And once you know you're in the right direction, then put your foot in the gas, then slam the pedal to the metal.
1: Yeah, and you'll again. We continue to violate this almost on a weekly basis. You and I, yeah. we're just doing it less and less and less and less. Right, right. We're learning how to reorient our brain towards cons- massively consistent microsteps. Yeah. yeah, right. They're not big <laughs> steps, but we're constantly pressing on things. We're constantly taking really small steps so that oh, this didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. This worked. OK, cool. Let's choose this option. Mm-hmm. It's back to the optionality that we want to create. And as we're doing that, we want to micro step. And so that was a huge part of certainty is 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 it's going backwards less. Right. Yeah. We go backwards less because we make sure that we're going in the right direction. And we do that by taking smaller steps forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, right now it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, we did close the Olympics. We watch these guys, RJ Base and these whatever, they're buying these houses nationwide. It's like, okay, they're making it look really easy. They're making it look really easy. Let me talk to RJ about this. I had multiple conversations with him. I was like, talk to me, like walk me through this, right? And this is me kind of collecting information, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, there's some strategizing, there's a little bit of executing. But in the execution, the team was like, hey, Steve, like, we're afraid we're just going to burn all these resources again. This is going to be Albuquerque again. This is going to be Oklahoma City again. Right, it's like what's the budget for this? It's like three thousand, and they were like shocked at how small this step is. (laughs) Right, it was like let's do three thousand, see how we like it. Not three thousand per month. Let's just do three thousand dollars. Let's see how we like it. Let's see what the challenges are. Let's see how underwriting nationwide is. Let's see how dispoing nationwide is. Let's see how the title companies are nationwide. Right. Well,
1: you know, this brings me back to our conversation over the week uh, last week at our whale club event. With, like, minimum effective
0: dose, maximum
1: recoverable volume.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, people aren't going to know what, what I'm saying right now, yeah. but this is back to like our, our secret language that we sort of have established in Whale Club. The idea being, you know, barbell stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about barbells, what we mean is on one side, you've got the minimum effective dose. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're talking about $3,000. Like, what's the minimum I can? bet on this Mm -hmm. that still gives me the information I need to justify whether or not I can take the next step. Right. Um, and that's exactly what that is.
0: Right. 3000. Like, okay, maybe we didn't close any deals, but there were a couple that were pretty close. Okay. Maybe we'll spend another three to $5,000. See if that turns into a deal. And then not, okay. Failed. Done. That experiment's over. Yep. Exposure
1: limited. And you know, you got your data and now we can make another bet, but we don't. Yeah. So I just, so, so, so good. Um, the last one I want to hit on in the certainty series is, and, and we do actually, we do some of this in the clarity and the mm-hmm. solvable problem series, but, um, it's, it's the, we call it recapture and reallocate. And this is just a process of, instead of fighting harder to do more money often. And we had, I'll just give you a perfect example. We had a guy, uh, Matt Hoover. Memphis, Maine. What's up, Matt? Uh, if you're listening to this, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, and he won a best presentation at our event because he's he's got a little restaurant in a tiny town in Tennessee. And they, Matt decided to start trying this recapture, reallocate methodology on his restaurant. What he started noticing was there's these little to-go cups and these plastic to-go containers for sauces and stuff. like. He's got like a country cooking, you know, uh, restaurant and he went through this process of recognizing i'll just give one example of where his employees every single shift they were taking a cup with a lid and a straw and they were filling it up with some drink they would you know drink it on their shift and they would throw it away well what he realized was that was costing about 10 grand a year in the stuff that was being thrown away just from that shift so he went out and bought them if you're watching this you know it's like one of these yeti things not not a you know a fairly inexpensive one that he gave them. Like here, keep this at the restaurant and use this. And he explained to him why. And Matt was able to do this and save about $35,000 a year in lost revenue, just leaks inside of his bucket. But here's the thing. And we've talked about this on this show many times. We've got to remember that our business is run on margins. So $35,000 saved in expenses And restaurants run at a pretty like tight margin. I mean, he was telling me he's about ten percent margins on this business, right? Mm -hmm. So thirty-five thousand dollars in recaptured revenue is the equivalent of three hundred fifty thousand dollars in extra sales. Yeah, and we fight so hard to try to sell more when oftentimes we're running a race against ourselves. And so before we've even stepped forward, we do this recapture and reallocate thing, and in fact. Uh, I can say with like 100% confidence that everyone who's joined the whale club has been able to recapture the membership fee within the first 10 weeks. And we do that intentionally so that you st- people start to build the skill of doing this. This isn't a one-time thing and there you go. You never do this again. This is a mindset and a process to continuously go through because, I mean, I'm getting deep with this. And I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but we talked about the idea of entropy, Mm -hmm. this last week and the idea that things break down over time. They don't get simpler over time. They get more and more complicated. Mm -hmm. So part of it is like every, you know, month or three months or six months or a year, you want to go back through your business and, and simplify, reduce the complexity because that'll also reduce costs. It'll also reduce risk and it'll usually add money directly to your bottom line without ever having to do more at all.
0: Yeah it's it's pretty cool to see right like everyone that joins instantly makes up their investment immediately and then you can see this momentum because they're applying it in their business yeah and they're super excited about it and like i said we had 50 people there in denver it was it was it was an awesome awesome event yeah, it was, man.
1: Well, so again, we have clarity. We have certainty. We haven't even started stepping forward or making new business decisions, right? It's like most of this is preparing ourselves to go forward so that we're not running a race against ourselves. We know where we're going and we know exactly how much more now we need, mm-hmm. which brings us into the third C, which we talk about collapsing time. Now, this is where it starts getting a little bit more advanced. So I'm not going to dive in super deep into this again we keep this for the members of our community because it's a little higher level and really we can't have that great of a conversation about it until we've we're in a position to receive this information but let's talk about some of the things that we do help people do one is we call we call it a uh, engineering asymmetry so this is about how do we literally engineer into our decision making situations where we have a lot more upside than we do downside. Because I can tell you what I've learned from these guys is that business and and entrepreneurship, you're constantly making bets all day long. So the real question is, well, how do we make bets that have a lot more upside than they do downside? So we have a whole section dedicated on how to engineer asymmetry into your decisions. We talk a lot about this concept of what we call system reliability, and we help expose people to breaking down the different components in their business, really analyzing them for their reliability so that we can build a business that has a floor where we want it to, right? And that floor is highly reliable, consistent, predictable. Um, We talk about stuff like return on equity, how to amplify your balance sheet. Right. Oftentimes, as we're creating these assets and we're creating this equity, well, we can use those things as tools to leverage to get more equity, different things like this. Obviously, with certain, um, again, can, keeping reliability top of mind, keeping risk top of mind. But we're fortunate to have one of, uh, you know, Dan Nicholson, who runs one of the top accounting firms in the nation. You know, he's been helping small businesses do this for the last 10 years. And you know, he's passing a lot of this knowledge onto us so that, again, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and again, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we're not finance guys, you know, not necessarily we're, we're salespeople for the most part uh, sales, you know, men and women, whatever. And And in order to get there faster with less risk. I think you do need someone in your corner that can show you some of the tools like, you know, return on equity calculations, expected value calculations. Um, and again, that's going to make, it's going to sound like a lot of like really challenging, hard stuff. In fact, once you've gone through all this other, you know, clarity, collecting the information, learning the certainty operating system, this stuff actually becomes fairly simple. Um, but, yeah, that's what it looks like to collapse time as it becomes more about how do we get where we're going with less risk, less effort, and leveraging and amplifying
0: our balance sheet to do so. Yeah, I mean, and just going back to earlier, we are talking about A-timer, right? Like, everything I'm doing here is leveraging A-timer so that I don't have to take significant time risk, energy risk, or money risk, right? I'm willing to bet attention and influence and reputation, Right? opportunities that will bring me more money, more relationships and so on. That's how I'm I'm engineering life right now. If I'm wrong, okay, well, that was a little bit of wasted energy. No big deal. But if I'm right, man, this is going to be crazy.
1: Downside low upside big, right? Exactly. How do we make those bets consistently? And this is again, um, this was all taught to us by our mentors and um, people who have been doing this for a really, really long time. And so, Again, the title of this show is The Formula to Rig the Real Estate Game, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a little counterintuitive from how most people tell you. Imagine that. You want to do something extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Conforming to the average, conforming to what everyone else is doing is not the right path to do that. The most efficient path to do it, and sometimes it does work, but if you really want to rig the game, first of all, like I said, you can just go pick up this book and... um, get all these concepts directly from there as a wall street journal, bestseller for, for God's sakes. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, it's on, it's like five bucks or something like that on Amazon right now. Um, so if you haven't read that book, definitely do it. And you may not pull this out specifically from this book because we've been working to, um, f- uh, take these concepts and really figure out how to apply them specifically in real estate. And what we've learned is it comes down to the three C's clarity, on your solvable problem and all the things that kind of come along with that certainty that you have the right toolbox, your unique toolbox to help you make decisions and filter decisions. And then we want to learn the skills to be able to collapse time. And so uh, we have built this proven process and we've been taking lots of real estate investors. In fact, it's just shy of a hundred right now through this process and, um, yeah, I just couldn't be more excited about it. So what I want to encourage those that are listening to this, if, if you do want to learn more about this process and you want to get engaged with this information, you've been listening to Certainty Talks for a while and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start taking some micro steps here, right? I'm going to start moving in the direction of clarity. The first micro step that you want to take is, is go read that book if you like that book and you resonate with the message that we're talking about here the second step is to go to realestatecertainty.com right there on the homepage, on realestatecertainty.com you can click on a little 45-minute strategy session now i have to apologize to anybody over the last month or so that's been trying to schedule a call with me because apparently i found out last week uh, my assistant let me know that our calendly wasn't working. So I do apologize if you've been trying to get a hold of me, we had a bunch of backlog. So, um, people reaching out to me saying, Hey, your account is not working. We got it fixed. Right? So this, like I said, the first micro step is go read rigging the game. The second step is go to realestatecertainty.com and schedule a 45 minute call with me. And what I'm doing is I'm helping people figure out where they are on this process and, and help them identify the next one to two steps to take. So, again, we've done this, we've done this process before, and I'm doing this as a, um, I'm really just doing this for free because I'm getting a lot of data from this. I'm trying to understand what do real estate investors struggle with? Where are they on this journey? How do I help them continue to find the next one to two steps? So, you know, if, it, if you want to do that, you can go to the com. You can, you can schedule 45 minutes with me and I'll go through that with you to help identify those next one to two steps for you.
0: Perfect. And uh, we promised a surprise at some point so we can officially announce it now, even though it's a week away, is Dan Nicholson is going to be speaking on the main stage at Collective Genius next week. So in San Diego next week, um, Dan's going to be speaking on the main stage at Collective Genius which kind of puts this whole thing full circle, because that's how Paul and I connected. Paul and I connected through Collective Genius. He and I have been talking about Certainty Talks. We've been preaching on how to execute, implement uh, clarity and certainty, collapsing time to real estate investors. And now Dan's speaking on the main stage to our CG community.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason. Like This book is not a real estate book. If you read it, you'll realize that. It's not a real estate book. But there's a reason why the best investors in the country are reading this and implementing this because it is so needed in entrepreneurship, especially in real estate. Um, And this process of rigging the game, again, is so accessible. Just go pick up that book and learn more about it. Uh, And yeah, I'm so excited to hear Dan share because um, this is collective genius. As far as I'm concerned at the premier level, this is the top. These are the best investors in the country and they feel, uh, like this is the most important message to hear right now for this community. So again, um, go pick up that book and, uh, let me know what you think.
0: All right. Perfect. We'll wrap up here. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening again, subscribe, leave a five star review and we'll see you guys next week.